Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Yo, yo, ladies and gentlemen, this is, I can't believe I just said yo, yo, but I'm just going to keep rolling with it. And uh, <laughs> yo, yo, yeah, Chris Cervello is down with the yo, yo vibe of this current podcast. So welcome aboard Sing Second Sports. It is February 8th, 2023. So Chris, here we are. We are in the throes of the dark ages. It's February. You and I are a week away from bringing this podcast on the road to uh, San Diego, California. So we'll start the show by saying See you next week at the Shore Club, ladies and gentlemen. If you are in Sandog, we are down to hang out with you, get you on the pod, and talk about Navy sports. And this week, there is a lot to talk about with Navy sports, Chris. Tonight, Navy basketball plays Bucknell. A great chance to kick a bottom feeder around, um, capitalize on the momentum from the last win, and go forward. The women play Bucknell on the road up in Lewisburg tonight. Um, as we talked about with Ashley Pelzik last week, it's just a tough situation for them. And you hope that they can continue to find goodness in each and every game. Uh, but back to the men's team, this is a critical, critical game against the bottom of the league uh, to continue to rise up the top half of the league for Navy basketball and put their stamp on this season. Uh, but before we get into that, Chris, we kicked off the lacrosse season. Wags and I got to freeze our asses off at Navy Marine Corps Stadium as we watch them exact some revenge on the mount and then kick around Queens College over the weekend. Uh, I would say that we had some data points going forward on this team that, number one, Patrick Skalniak is a pretty good lacrosse player. And, you know, congrats to uh, Pat Ryan for being named goaltender of the week. So you've got some talent. You've got it between the pipes. You've got it out there in the midfield. And then Holy cow, your quarterback is sort of a good lacrosse player, too. What were some of the your takeaways from these two lacrosse victories? They looked like they were in midseason form. I, I was surprised how um how organized they look, how how well they move the ball. And and just l- like I said, I mean, like I it was not the performance I expected from a um you know, from an opener and an opening weekend. Um, I, I thought there there'd be a little bit of rust. Um, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, Joe Amplo is a uh intense guy and you know i I should have expected that he would have these guys ready and and he did i i'm excited i mean i i definitely am going to watch as much as i can on espn plus and uh you you know i'm looking forward to getting up there and seeing some games in person yeah congrats to coach amplo and the team um watching on saturday it, it was very impressive in tough conditions and i think the talent is there if they can navigate the rest of the schedule uh so again congrats to lacrosse there were four other kind of smallish events over the weekend. Uh, those were four gigantic end stars that came our way by virtue of a win for Rifle over Army. That started off the day pretty well. They won 58-80 to 58-33. Chris knows that that's probably a pretty close score uh, from his Rifle days at the Naval Academy. But in all seriousness, hats off to Rifle for bringing home the star. Men's and women's track and field followed that up 
by absolutely smoking Army. 111.5 to 69.5 for the women, 113 to 68 for the men. Um, it was just a trouncing across the board up at West Point. A lot of tears for Army West Point. We feel bad about that. That's, you know, you know that is what it is. And then we were really happy that Kip Simons, uh, friend of the pod, went up there and got a huge win over Army in gymnastics, 394.05 to 393.15. I texted with Kip as he was on yeah. the bus drive back, and he said that that was a pretty, pretty close affair and and something i had to read i had to read that like three or four times i was like how does that that's about that's about as close a meet as you can get right yeah he was saying that you know they knew it was going to come down to the end and they had confidence but it was still some still some nervy moments there so you know let's let's use this as an opportunity to bring wags into this conversation chris you know we we talked about lacrosse but wags from your standpoint, here we were starting the new year with all of Navy sports being down to Army in the Star Series after smoking them 20 to 4 last year. So rifle getting the win, sort of expected, you know, that 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 went without saying. We expected good things from men's and women's track and field, but not the trouncing that they laid down on them. And then gymnastics really was the one that we were hoping for. You've, if you're Chuck Gladchuck, Bill Wagner, you're, you've got to be smiling ear to ear about these four results. Absolutely. I mean, what a weekend for Navy. And like you said, that was a slow start to the Star Series for the overall season. But this winter comeback is tremendous and very, very happy for gymnastics and Kip Simons. That great performance. And what's also really notable is this was all done up at West Point. Uh, the track and field, gymnastics. Uh, all over at Rifle as well at West Point. So uh, really hoping that basketball can finish this. This this would be the, the coup de grace for Navy if basketball can sweep the double header. And very hopeful for women's basketball because there's been such a tough season. At this point, really, the last thing for women's basketball is to beat Army. Yeah, so Wags, you bring up basketball, and we glanced over it at the beginning, but let's dig into it a little bit more with tonight's matchup against Bucknell, you know, standing as as the next hurdle for men's basketball. I think we were all a tiny bit surprised at them going up to Holy Cross on Saturday and smoking those guys, 86 to 68. And what was a tiny bit more surprising was Daniel Deaver going full Admiral David Robinson in that game with a stat line that has only been replicated by me and Luce Hall. Um, I mean, that that stat line is impressive. The 35 points, the 15 boards. You know, you also got you know, a lot of good uh, contributions from Dorsey Jones and Nelson as well as Yoder. But from your perspective, Wags, when was the last time other than Mike Heary you've seen a scoring performance like this, and I'm purposely leaving out the name Chris Harris to make him upset. Well, that was Chris Harris scored 40. Uh, that This was the most points scored by a Navy player since Chris Harris, so we got to give Chris Harris his props. But uh, Daniel Deaver, I don't know what's gotten into him. A few games ago, Daniel Deaver was pretty much benched. He sat the pine because he wasn't playing well, and he has responded, and this is two straight big games for Daniel Deaver. He has been playing great. Uh, what an incredible performance. I couldn't believe when I saw the press release come out 
I never, ever thought Daniel Deaver's name would be mentioned in the same breath as David Robinson. What a performance. 35 and 16. Tremendous. And uh, Navy, John, they went on the road. What, what is with this incredible road streak? Four straight road victories for Navy. It's almost like they play better on the road than they play home. I, I was really, really proud of Daniel Deaver. And like we said, getting a win against Bucknell and not looking too far forward at Army, that's key. Lastly, Wags, before we go out and bring in Coach Cindy Timchell for our uh, f- for our women's lacrosse preview special, you know, give me your thoughts. You know, when you and I were sitting next to each other on Saturday, and I know you returned to Navy Marine Corps Stadium on Sunday to watch the game against Queens, Chris and I broke it down at the beginning a little bit about Skalniak and obviously Pat Ryan being recognized for his stuff between the pipes. Who stood out to you? You know, for for me, I was really with you. Maybe I'm stealing your thunder. I was really impressed with freshman Mac Haley. I think that's going to be a kid whose name we call for a long, long time. But it's almost an embarrassment of riches for Joe Amplo right now. There are a lot of good kids on the squad. Well, this is the most talented, uh, deepest team that Coach Amplo's had in his tenure at Navy. And you're right. Henry Tolker was an outstanding attackman last season, and he's kind of been pushed out of the starting lineup by Matt Haley, who's such a talented freshman. Polker is now coming out of the box and running midfield, which really gives Navy four attackmen and two lefties, which is a nice little deal. I'm as impressed with Xavier Arline's playmaking. You know, everybody talks about Xavier as, uh, you know, you, you think of him as a scorer, but what really stands out to me for Xavier is his playmaking ability he had some fantastic passes in the first two games, setting up teammates. It was very, very impressive. I, I, and Xavier's only going to get better. He's still kind of knocking off the rust, getting back into the field of lacrosse. I was really impressed with Xavier, and I was impressed with the defense. And another thing that's rather interesting, John, is the goalkeeping situation. Pat Ryan was the starter all of last season. He figured he had this locked up, but... Dan Daly is such an impressive plebe and 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 obviously a clearly a very talented goalie that Joe Amplo is not committed to a starting goalie yet. They both played in the two home games over the weekend. And Joe Amplo actually talked about possibly going through the season with a platoon situation of playing two goalies in each game. It's been done before. Apparently, assistant coach John Orson did it at Denver with success. And they're thinking they might be able to go with two goalies, have one guy play a half, the other guy play a half. Well, Wags, follow it up a little bit with Sunday. I wasn't able to go against Queens, and that was probably a good opportunity for Amp to to test out some guys who might not get all the playing time. You know, looking at the schedule and then bouncing from, you know, the good win against Mount and the game against Queens – is this a team that you think, in your estimation, can make a substantive run toward the NCAA tournament? Absolutely, and I think this is the year you've got to do it. It's, you're four years into your program. You've been able to do some recruiting, get some players in. This is the year to make a move both within the Patriot League and nationally. I would like to see Navy contend for the Patriot League championship. And, uh, you know, I, I think a, a berth in the NCAA tournament is – Important. You've got that's the that is the standard for Navy lacrosse. Going to the NCAA tournament, winning Patriot League championships. That's what 
you know, the coach was hired to do. Um, we're going to talk to Coach Tim Shaw here in a, in a few minutes, and that's exactly what her mandate is, too. Win Patriot League championships and go to the NCAA tournament. And for the most part, women's lacrosse has done it. Absolutely, and let's get to that uh, right here after the break. Before we do that, many thanks to our sponsors, many thanks to NAAA, and as always, many thanks to you, the fans. We're going to go to break. When we come back, Cindy Timchel, the head coach of Navy Women's Lacrosse, is going to preview the upcoming season. Stick with us. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, a few announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association. Let's talk basketball. Depending on when you listen to this pod, it is not too late to get down to Alumni Hall to see tonight's game against Bucknell. The first 100 fans will receive the fifth poster in Navy's poster series. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY, visit NavySports.com, or just get on down to the box office and get those tickets. Now, as we talked about in the last segment, this is the big weekend, the star matches against Army. There is still time to purchase your tickets for those star matches, but those tickets are going fast. And for our Sing Second Sports fans, NAAA is offering a special discounted ticket for all of our listeners. Just log on to NavySports.com, click the Tickets tab, and enter the special promo code SINGSECOND when ordering your tickets. And those tickets will just be $10. You cannot beat that value. So come on out tonight if you uh, hear this message in time. But for sure, if you're in the Annapolis area, do not miss the star match. The women look to turn this season around by a big win against Army. And the men look to capitalize on the momentum of the last couple games as they head towards the Patriot League tournament. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back from break, and this is our coaches segment and our women's lacrosse preview segment. We are so happy to be joined by Coach Cindy Timchel of women's lacrosse. She gets to kick off the season against Duke. Boo, Duke. Friday <laughs> afternoon down in Durham, 2 p.m. Coach, thank you so much for joining the podcast and walk us through the season. Who are the names we have to look out for and what are your goals? An exciting op- opener for Navy women's lacrosse, you know. Since uh, post-pandemic, it was you know even difficult to even get some ACC uh, programs back on our schedule. We have a history with not only Duke and Virginia, you know we've played Virginia Tech and Carolina, so um, we're super excited. You know, uh, uh, obviously a very very early test for Navy women's lacrosse. Um, you know, we've been training hard, preparing our fall ball featured a lot of standout programs such as, you know, national finalists in, in Boston college, um, Maryland, when we hosted a tournament here, Florida. So, you know, we felt feel well prepared, you know, going into this big game down in Durham. So coach, you were preseason ranked number three in the, uh, in the Patriot league poll, actually getting two first place votes behind Loyola and army at, at one and two <laughs> and uh, Aaron Carson and Lily Denton, uh, were recognized as preseason All Patriot League. You know, I know you've got a lot of talented athletes who are going to be a part of the solution down at Duke on Friday. You know, do you have any you know freshmen coming in? You know, who who are some of the names that we might see this year that we haven't seen in years past? To start off right away, you know, we have some great senior leadership in both Athena Karoon and Charlotte Ryan as senior captains, one for the offense, one for the defense. Um, 
And again, talking about Lily Denton, you know, as, as a junior and um, Aaron Carson as a senior, you know, four year starting defender. Um, that's where we gain, you know, kind of a basis of our experience. Uh, but as you mentioned, we have, um, we know we're, we're young. We, we graduated a lot of starters and unlike most programs gaining more experience, um, you know, we kind of take away experience because we're not in, in the portals and transfers and super seniors and stuff, which actually still exists. We're very excited about our young team. We have some really uh, standout um, young players that we feel will blend together and unite, you know, Navy women's lacrosse as we move forward in a tough game opener and beyond in our conference. Wags. Coach, you have a lot of talented freshmen. You and I uh, talked yesterday yeah. for a preview that I'm writing, and I think that several freshmen are going to be key factors this season. Do you want to tell the audience uh, some of the freshmen they're going to be seeing that are probably going to impact Navy women's cross this year? Yes, and, and, and if I can interject first, one of our most exciting players who was a freshman last year and got – you know, unfortunately got hurt during our season. It will be back. And that's Emily Messonese. Um, You know, listed as one of the top 20 freshmen in the country um, coming into our program last year. So getting her back, you know, at training practices and, and ready to play is exciting for us. And then with that, you know, I was, you know, talked with Bill yesterday about some of our real exciting young players, freshmen, um, I think it would be highlighted by Ava Yovino out of Florida, you know, one of the top players in the state, highly recruited. Um, we feel, you know, very excited about her joining, you know, in our program and making a, an immediate impact in our program. So um, along with her, Maggie DeFabio, um, you know, state champion out of uh, New Jersey for Summit High School, plays for um, you know, Steps program, which is a highly talented, one of the top club programs in the country. Maggie DeFabio brings us a lot of, you know, pure athleticism, midfield speed, and lax IQ. Um, we also have a tremendous player out of Long Island um, from St. Anthony's, lefty attacker in Cat McAtee. Um, so, you know, that's just to name a few of our young freshmen that will be a part of uniting the upper class with Lily and Charlotte and Athena and Aaron and blending in, you know, Ava, you know, Maggie, Pat, and, and more. So it's tough enough that you graduate eight starters, but you also had a goalie transfer. Joe Torres was a, had a good season last year and she's transferred to Towson. So you've got to break in a new goalie. And as you and I were speaking yesterday, you, Emma Richardell, who's a sophomore from Bethesda and Walter Johnson High School, uh, she's probably going to get to start against Duke. You feeling good about Emma in the in the cage? Yeah, I mean Emma is an incredible young, you know, midship woman, and she certainly has trained very hard and prepared for you know the season opener and, and for the twenty twenty three season. Um, you know. You know, last last year, Emma, Emma was highlighted by coming in off the bench against Hopkins, which is always difficult 
you know, coming in as a goalie to try to secure a victory against Hopkins last year. And she actually did that. Um, she had a solid fall ball. We're excited about Emma. Um, you know, she's ready, ready for the challenge. We have experienced defense in front of her again, a real tough, you know, tough test, um, against the Duke blue devils who, you know, during their 2022 campaign, at the time, upset the number one team, Boston College, at home during the regular season. So, yeah, I mean, Emma is ready to play. Teammates love her, full of confidence. And, um, you know, that's where um, we feel Emma is her strengths, is, is really hard worker, studying the game and be ready to uh, – we know that she's ready to play when the whistle blows. Obviously, it's a bit of an oddity that you start the season with four road games. You're going to spend the entire February <laughs> on the road. I guess that's just how the schedule fell as far as return games or what have you. But um, I'm also very excited for the Friday, March 3rd, under the lights at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, the game against Oregon, which has always been a solid program. Uh, your thoughts on the non-conference schedule? You like what how things have shaken out with the non-conference? With this exciting, uh, you know, blend of some, you know, returning senior captains and highlighted performers, you know, a, a lot of our success will be how our, you know, our young players, freshmen, you know, step out on the field. And certainly, you know, you're mentioning Oregon. You know, it's probably one of our toughest um, non-conference since um you know before the pandemic um you know so it's exciting to be playing Oregon at home and Richmond away um you certainly obviously Duke we always want to get ACC programs for our RPI on you know on our schedule um you know last time we played Duke at home in 2020 we beat them so um but like you said highlighted on March 3rd Playing, playing Oregon, a Pac-12 school with, um, you know, great tradition. It's, it's ironic because we played Oregon in the NCAAs a few years ago um, to secure an overtime victory, um, you know, at Oregon. So um, we have a little bit of history there for them to come to Navy Marine Corps Stadium is exciting. Coach, I'm going to go ahead and let you off the hook for, you know, just glancing right over your February 25th matchup at Villanova, you know, the Annapolis of the North. I hope to be up there to cheer you guys on at my alma mater. Uh, but last question for you before I let you go. Everyone knows that you're so kind of calm and low energy on the sidelines. You know, you're there isn't a lot of excitement. There isn't a lot of moving around or kinetic energy at all. And I have to yeah. ask you, you have now been doing this for a long time and watching you on the sidelines is an absolute treat for me. <laughs> where, where do you find the fire? Where, you know, where do you keep going for, you know, for the motivation, you know, to get out there and stir it up with the girls, stand out there on the sidelines on yeah. freezing February afternoons and at practice every day? You know, what, what gets you up in the morning every day now? Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, you know, the, really, we're here. We're, we are we are here to serve the athletes, you know, and our brilliant young women that make a decision to come to the Naval Academy and compete with Navy on their jersey. You know, it, it is it is a privilege of a lifetime. So, yeah, the energy. I we always talk about having a get back coach. Um, some football coaches have that. Um, 
However, um, yeah, I mean, I, I probably would like to be a little more calm on the sidelines um, with the calmer presence, and maybe we'll work on that in 2023. But certainly, oh, no. you know, I do believe that the players, um, you know, I, I can't ask, you know, you know, again, whether we're up by 10 or down by 10, you know, I just think we have, you know, the, the front foot forward, you know, playing you know, hard and, and never giving up mentality. And we just try to keep that going. We certainly know going into the Duke match in particular that, you know, we do have to be poised, confident and, um, you know, value possession and play tough D with a formidable opponent, opponent like Duke. So, um, you know, say, so say no more. Um, you know, my, my experiences when I coached that Maryland and you alluded to that earlier in the program, is we were in the ACC for a long, long time, and Duke was definitely one of our, um, you know, premier rivalries at Maryland. Oh, absolutely! And now standing at number eleven in the country, uh, that is Mar- that is Navy women's lacrosse first game at two p.m. Friday, February tenth. Go Navy women's lacrosse! If you've got your calendar out in front of you, circle these dates, ladies and gentlemen. February twenty fifth at four p.m. at Villanova. Everyone knows that that's a big one. But Friday, Night Lights, WAGs alluded to it, March 3rd, 6 p.m. Come on out to Navy Marine Corps Stadium and support Navy women's lacrosse against Oregon. And then way back at the end of the season, the star game at West Point on April 22nd. And then April 28th, another Friday Night Lights affair, the final home game against Loyola. Coach, before I let you go, what were your thoughts on the on the new lacrosse building? Um, and and helping advance, you know, the the sport of lacrosse, both for men and women, uh, at the Naval Academy. You know, you you are no stranger at Maryland to amazing facilities, and what they've done with Cole Fieldhouse now is absolutely eye watering. We talked <laughs> to Joe Amplo about it; he believed it was a step in the right direction. Obviously, what were your thoughts? Uh, this is really a true testament to the love of of lacrosse you know, at the Naval Academy for both the men's and women's programs. I do believe that it's really spearheaded by Chet Gladchock, who loves, loves, loves lacrosse. And certainly all the fans, the friends, the families, the donors, um, you know, this is, this is a whole, you know, kind of takes a village effort to get this, you know, off the ground, you know, really, you know, green light from the Naval Academy, the fundraising efforts of Chet Gladchock, um, it's a true testament to how much lacrosse matters, you know, at our school in the state of Maryland, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, I, I've been, you know, just really, really, you know, fortunate and blessed to be a part of a building that will really represent the excellence of both Navy men's and women's lacrosse. Well, coach, we thank you so much, um, for, uh, coming on the show before we go out, let me throw it over to Chris Cervello. For one last question. It's great when we have Coach Tim Schwan to talk lacrosse, but I find her football discussion to be much more riveting. <laughs> Coach, I wanted to give you a chance. Do you have a prediction for this weekend's game? Chiefs believer or an Eagles believer? Well, you know, I already it's... one thing right now. She's a Philadelphia girl. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to see if that yeah. would hold true. I, I really want want you know a great game and hopefully the best team win wins go eagles (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, coach, I, I'm telling you, it's it's never a dull moment, and we love it. You know, from me to you, and from the podcast to you, thank you for what you do for Navy sports and for the sport of lacrosse. And we wish you luck against the very hated Duke Blue Devils on Friday. Go Navy! <laughs> Go Navy! And again, thank you for allowing me uh, this you know moment in time to join you guys. You do amazing things, and just just happy to be a part of it thanks again for my, my invitation and uh let's go go navy go navy the uh, invitation will always be open coach ladies and gentlemen we're gonna go to break when we come back we'll have our next guest this is in second sports Speaking of lacrosse, Navy men's lacrosse tickets are now on sale. Get to Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium all spring as the men's lacrosse team plays host to eight exciting home games. We had two already, so there are six home games left. Those games include matchups with Army and Johns Hopkins. For tickets, call 1-800-US-4-NAVY. Visit NavySports.com. Get those tickets. And when they're away, be sure to check out ESPN+. Plus. You can go in there, set up your uh, preferences, and that way you don't miss a lacrosse game that's on the road. You can see the women and the men as they play all year long. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sing Second Sports Podcast. We are so happy to be joined by Navy wrestler Grady Grice, recently named the NAAA Athlete of the Week, most notably on Sunday as Navy trailed Binghamton 18-16. to uh, Grady won by a 7-0 decision. The nature of that decision gave Navy the overall win. Um, Grady, number one, congrats on being named NAAA Athlete of the Week. And talk to us a little bit about what this breakout season has been like for you. You know, you've, you've been a part of the program, but now all of a sudden your name is very well known in wrestling circles and in athletic circles at Navy. Yeah. How, how has this season been for you? Uh, it's been a lot of fun and um, it's been uh, good to see my work uh, pay off. Um, and uh, I'm just looking forward to continuing the season and um looking forward to army and the iwas and ncaas so yeah from your arrival at the naval academy as a plebe to where you stand now you know as as a premier athlete um you know at a d1 institution how is the athletics mission how has wrestling changed you you know not only as a man but as a leader as a student you know would you be where you are today if it weren't for wrestling absolutely not i mean i think it comes all the way from when I was younger and, you know, from high school, um, it really, that sport really toughens you up. And, um, I don't think I would be anywhere like academically. I mean, physical, um, toughness, um, definitely translates to mental, translates to mental toughness. And, um, I think that's definitely helped me, um, and all my, uh, challenges in life. So yeah, wrestling has definitely helped me. Um, and, you know, going, uh, the coaches, um, they don't just focus on wrestling, you know, they focus on us becoming men and um, help us, helping us to um, really uh, grow up and, and be the man that we got to be as an officer in the Navy. So. so as you're progressing along the path of being an officer in the Navy, you're a junior now, um, you've already come a long way from Nebraska, you know, as a high school standout. 
where do you want your Navy or Marine Corps journey to take you after this? You know, it's not too early to already be identifying what you want to do when you trade in the midshipman anchors for an ensign bar. Uh, what What are your thoughts on uh, post-graduation? I want to be a Navy pilot. Um, so looking forward to that. I want to fly uh, fighter jets. You know, I want to be in the fight in that aspect. So. I mean, that's okay. I mean, it's an all right dream for now. Eventually, you'll want to either be a SWO or a public affairs officer, but we'll give you some time to mature in those decisions. You know, let's talk about, as Chris and I like to uh, refer to as the alligator closest to the boat, you're coming off of a loss at Bucknell. Well, the team won at Bucknell, um, but you had a tough go of it um, in your match and dropped it. You now have Army, you know, sitting right in front of you on Sunday. Navy is coming off of a great 4-0 weekend, reversing the kind of star curse that's existed in this uh, athletic season. And you have a chance on Sunday to not only, you know, break your own personal losing streak, but beat Army. You know, wh what are you looking forward to? Who are you grappling against? And and what are going to be the keys for you guys bringing home the star? Um, I think we all just need to show up. Um, this weekend we wrestled, we lost to, uh, Lockhaven, um, in a duel that we probably should have won. And, um, we destroyed Bucknell, um, on Sunday on Saturday. Um, and those teams were relatively close together on paper. Um, but one team showed up and, uh, we showed up on Saturday against Bucknell. So it's really just going to come down to us going up there with our heads screwed on, right and ready to, ready to scrap. So it's not, I mean, you can look at the paper and see um, who's going to win, but it really just comes down to who's going to show up and who's going to get out there and get ready to butt heads. Have you had any kind of remarkable experiences this year so far? You know, you wrestled, you know, out at Cliff Keen in Las Vegas, number 23, Maryland earlier in the year, Virginia, and a much ballyhooed Oklahoma squad uh, to whom you lost 28-12 uh, uh, back at the very beginning of the year. This is a good schedule. And you mentioned the Lockhaven match that you probably should have won on Friday, turning it around on Saturday and absolutely smacking down Bucknell. For you personally, what what have been some of the matches throughout the year you know, that have really informed where, where you think you are as a wrestler? Yeah, I've wrestled a lot of really good kids this year. And um, I've learned a lot um, going to Vegas and losing a couple close matches to some highly ranked kids. Um, really taught. I mean, it just showed me that I, I, I'm in the I'm in the fight. I'm I'm up there and I'm I'm uh, ready to uh, learn a few things and um, just got to learn when to when to take shots, you know, and um, just got to keep my pace up. And, uh, you know, last weekend against Crosby, um, the Bucknell guy, uh, I, you know, I, there are some things that I, um, learned for sure. You know, I got a heavyweight's got to finish every single leg. Um, we got to win the head hand fight. Um, and I got to know when and how to, uh, finish single legs. Um, so that's, that was the focus this week. And, um, I think every loss has been a, a good lesson and uh there's been some good wins that um were revenge matches um i lost to isaac reed last year i lost to the hofstra kid last year um and then coming up this year and um being those guys has, has been good and i've learned learned from my mistakes there 
Well, you'll have a chance to uh, put those on display, um, you know, those lessons learned on Sunday against Army. And then after that, you know, it's kind of big boy time, Grady, you know, EIWAs, NCAAs from there. But I know that your focus is singularly on Army. As I let you go, if you have a chance to, like, you know, escort a drag around campus or a wrestling recruit, you know, what would be, you know, your words of advice for someone considering the Naval Academy, considering balancing the the difficulty of the uh, academics there, um, you know, along with the the overall mission, how would you sell Navy wrestling and the value of the Naval Academy to a recruit? You know, I think a lot of recruits come in and they think like, oh, wow, this, these academics are going to be really tough. Um, I'd tell them to not sell yourself short. Um, I know I thought that if school was going to be really tough coming in here. Um, people all, they all made it seem like it was going to be like the worst thing Like you're going to be studying like constantly, but you know, you find time to have some good times with the, um, the team and, um, the team really makes it worth it. All the, all the hard times here at the Academy and all the, all the struggles. Um, it definitely, the team makes it worth it and, um, it's all going to be worth it in the end. Definitely. Well, Grady, we wish you luck not only on Sunday, but for the rest of the uh, navigation of the dark ages in this academic year and your dreams of becoming either a SWO or a PAO or both. Um, if you keep working hard, that'll happen. But in all seriousness, beat Army on Sunday, Grady. And thank you for joining the Sing Second Sports Podcast. Thank you, John. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to break. That was Grady Grice. Uh, let's get a star on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. Those always feel better. This is Sing Second Sports. And one final set of announcements. Of course, it's my favorite. The Kid Shipman Club is the official kids club of Navy Athletics. For just $20, your membership includes exclusive gifts, free tickets to Navy sporting events, a birthday card from Bill the Goat, and more. To register, visit NavySports.com. And while you're on NavySports.com, it is not too early to start thinking about summer camps for your younger Navy fans. Go to the Camps tab and check out all of the opportunities that exist for your midshipmen-to-be. Now back to the pod. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. As always, we love getting our Super Bowl betting futures advice from Coach Timschel. But hey, Wags, let's start talking about what's happening this weekend. Everyone knows that this is the star doubleheader yeah, we love seeing Reggie Miller come into the house, and I don't know if he's going to be the CBS sports guy. Uh, maybe it's going to be Steve Lapis, maybe John Sadak on the call. But we always love it when the doubleheader comes into Alumni Hall. The women, uh, I almost said tee off. My head is on the golf course, Chris Cervo. The women tip off at 11 a.m. against Army, and then the men will tip off right around 1.30. So please come to Alumni Hall and show Army what a loud arena is and what it's like to sweep a doubleheader for the star series. Also good luck this weekend to men's and women's track and field. They get to come off of their own star wins by going to Lynchburg, Virginia, and everyone loves Lynchburg in February for the Darius Dixon Memorial Invitational. Good luck to them. Men's tennis gets to host Delaware out at Tose at 2 p.m. So if you're all bunged up and happy from the basketball wins, head out to Tose afterwards and watch men's tennis, punk Delaware, and Wags, as I turn it over to you, before you talk to us about what to expect for men's and women's against Army for basketball, a little bit of a homecoming for Joe Amplo, going out to Hempstead, New York, for men's lacrosse's first road game against his alma mater, 
Hofstra. Yeah, he's been doing a little bit of a re- reunion tour already. Uh, Chris Panos, the coach of Queens University, is a former teammate of Joe's at both Sachem High on Long Island and at Hofstra. So he got that little reunion out of the way. And now he's going back to Hofstra where he played and coached. And uh, everyone knows that Joe Amplo is a disciple of John Donowski, the Hall of Fame head coach who's now at Duke. Uh, but he had been at Hofstra for many years, and Joe played for him and then uh, served as his assistant. So this is a, a cool game for Joe to go back home to Hofstra, and uh, let's hope the mids come home with a win. Let's hope so, indeed. And as we go from Saturday into Sunday, uh, women's tennis also gets to compete this weekend against George Mason out of Tose at 10 a.m. on Sunday, so please do that. You know, and finally, Wags, you know, we've got um, – We've got women's lacrosse, you know, before the uh, Sunday matchup, which, you know, is going to be interesting against East Carolina. They get to play Duke. Uh, Coach Timschel talked at length about how tough of a matchup that is and how she remembers them from the ACC days. Uh, So that's a full, full weekend. Uh, Before we go out, Wags, Chris, what are your thoughts or what are you looking for for this another great weekend of Navy sports? Well, for me, it's all about basketball, John. And I really so badly want women's basketball to be able to beat Army. It, it's just the one thing they can hold on to for this really difficult season. And Mimi Schrader, the senior captain, she mentioned this when I did the senior story. They've never beaten Army in a star game. They have beaten Army during the seniors' careers, but they've never beaten them in the star game. So I am really, really you know, got my fingers crossed that Navy women's basketball can put together a, a one big performance and take down Army in the star game. Chris? Yeah, I'm kind of where Wags is. I mean, I think it all comes down to basketball this weekend. Um, I, you know, I said it a few weekends ago. I really want to see the men just continue to play at the level that they can play at. I mean, we talked about it at the at the top. I mean, th- this this is a good team. And when all the pieces come together, you know, whether it's beating Army, whether it's beating rivals in the Patriot League, whether it's beating, you know, other schools, they, they have that potential. So I want to see them not only win the star, but I want to see them build some momentum as they head towards that Patriot League tournament. I echo what Wag says about the women's team. I mean, I'm, I'm all in on this women's team, whether they're one and whatever or – Two and whatever. I, I think we've got the right coach. I think we've got the right young women to to build this program for the long haul. It would be really nice to have that foundational brick by beating Army in this star match. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that those are the two big uh, big games, along with all the other uh, events that you mentioned. Yeah, it should be a great weekend, and and as you guys said, hopefully we have um, you know we have what it takes to bring home two more stars and, uh, and, and capitalize on the star momentum from this past uh, weekend. Uh, As we go out, um, I just want to recognize these past five athletes of the week um, from this amazing weekend. Uh, Marley Duncan from rifle, Caleb Hickey from gymnastics, Daniel Deaver, obviously from basketball uh, Joshua Boma from men's indoor track and field and Holly Mangan from women's indoor track and field, all NAAA athletes of the week based on their performance this past weekend, bringing home stars and getting your name in a conversation with David Robinson. So with that, 
For Chris Cervello and Bill Wagner, I am John Schofield. We will see you next week from sunny Sandog. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of the podcast segment.